Welcome to the world of Dracul. This is a story of a young woman who came into contact with a mysterious man named Dracul at a ball held in Romania. As her story begins with her first encounter with Dracul, his story unravels as their relationship grows. Previously on Dracul, Catherine and Dracul accidentally show up matching as they share a passionately driven exchange in a secluded hallway. Interrupted, they are greeted by the host of the ball, Signore Roberto Morali, who so happens to be another vampire. As they dance, Funani enters the scene, stealing Catherine away for a moment as he informs her of his research before he is overcome by a painful migraine, causing him to leave in a rush just moments before she and Dracul take their leave back home. Catherine was left feeling strange, wondering what had caused Funari to feel so overwhelmed in such a short period of time. She could tell that Dracul was deep in thought, but he never answered her, no matter how hard she probed him on the ride home. Disappointed, she rushed inside as soon as they arrived, knowing that Zazu, without a doubt, would have an opinion to give. Once inside, Zazu happily greeted her, attempting to regurgitate her dinner in an attempt to show affection. Flattered, yet altogether revolted, she distanced herself and changed into an evening gown when there was a knock on the door. Oh, what timing, rolling her eyes. She shared an unamused glance with her loving raven and opened the door to a ponderous Dracul. Stating his concern for Catherine's well-being, she and Zazu let him enter. He was still dressed in the same outfit, but far more relaxed as he had removed his coat and vest. Sparing little time, he got straight to the point. Catherine, let's sit down. There is something I've been meaning to ask you. Wordly, she complied. What is your lineage? My lineage? He nodded, as he and Zazu stared attentively. Well, um, I'd rather not talk about it. It only brings up harmful memories and I just can't say- Please, Catherine. I must know. I feel that I know so little of you, and we've lived together for several years now. We've been through so much, yet you are nearly a stranger to me when it comes to your history. I must know who you are. <sighs> okay. Only because you seem incredibly troubled and you worried me for a second. But I agree. It's time that you know me as I know you. My parents met in England when my mom was only 18. My father was 20. They fell in love and gave birth to me. Shortly after, we moved to Italy in the little cobblestone house I lived in when we met. Well, moved back since my father, allegedly, had roots here and went to England on business. I had never been here before and neither had my mother. 
Everything was going well until one night my father came home rambling on like a madman about something, but I don't know what about, and I still don't to this day. All I remember was my mother telling me to go into my room as they squabbled. Like I said, I don't know why, but since that night he grew distant and appeared more and more exhausted. He pledged to my mother, and I, even, that he would save us. I wish I knew more, but my mother would also distance myself from him. I remember being the brunt of the joke during the early years of my childhood. They told me that I was loony like my father, and that my mother was... Well, they were brutal. You know how children can be. Or perhaps you don't, since you haven't been one in ages. But I digress. My father would stay out later and later until one day he just never came back. We held a funeral for him. I hardly recognized him when I looked inside his coffin. He looked ghastly. Rotten. Died from mysterious circumstances as far as I know. We spent only a year or so there until we moved back to England. No, it was half a year. My mother always kept the cobblestone house though, as she said it was in my father's will that I received the house one day. It was just the two of us for a good while, and we were doing just fine on our own. She paid for my education and lessons in art. I suppose, though, however, my family is cursed. <laughs> Um, for when I had turned 18, she passed away, not of age though, no, but of sepsis. She cut herself and, uh, well, I just, I came back to Italy upon my father's last wishes as stated in his will. I didn't know what else to do. I occupied that house and supported myself with my art as I ended up gathering quite a large clientele and faithful patrons. Um, that's when I learned through one of them that there was going to be a ball in Romania. It was quite a ways away, but I decided to go just to try it out, get my mind off of things. And, um, well, the rest you know. I am terribly sorry for your losses. It must not have been easy. As for the house, did your father purchase it from someone, perhaps? Oh no, that house has been in my family for generations. My father once told me a story about how he used to belong to a great, 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 so on and so forth, grandfather of ours. Then it was bought by someone else, until another person in our family purchased it back. So, it's back with our family. At least, it was. Dracul remained quiet for some time before speaking up. I see. Catherine, you know me and my name. By both of my names. You know that I was once Yurika Gresti, and now... I am Dracula Gresti, yet I only know you as Catherine, which is a beautiful name, but I wish to know you wholly. Blushing, she toyed with her skirt. Well, 
My full name, if you must know, is Catherine Diana. Without warning, a dark pit emerged within Dracul's stomach as his pupils narrowed. The room around him tunneled, darkening as images of Philippe flashed in his mind. Diana. It all makes sense. If he were human, he would have broken out into a cold sweat, but instead he can only sit there like a statue, unwavering as though this newfound information didn't faze him at all. However, his mind was in knots as he heard Catherine faintly calling out to him, bringing him back to the present world. Dracul, what's wrong? Is, is it really that hideous of a name? <laughs> he smiled. No, Catherine. The complete opposite, in fact. It's a lovely last name, little fairy. Laughing, <laughs> she playfully smacked Dracul on his arm as she confessed she was relieved that this was all that ailed him. She thanked him for not judging her as he reassured her that her father's actions had no relation to her own. They shared a deep kiss, escalating into the late hours of the night, causing Zazu to gag and leave through the window into the moonlight. At some point, Catherine had fallen asleep on Dracul's chest as he played with her hair. It's true. I'm the one who killed her father. And yet, she has no clue. I could keep it that way. Or I could tell her. He pondered, focusing on her sleeping countenance. Now, she homed a small wrinkle between her brows that hadn't been there when they first met. When she first slept on him change was written all over her in both good ways and bad. It is all my fault. And yet, if I tell her, he stiffened. She would leave me. Empty, he kissed her forehead, causing her to smile in her slumber. Feeling his eyes twirling into blue, he continued to ponder her lineage. The same dark pit from earlier returned upon thinking of her last name, Diana. Carefully, he slipped out from beneath her and had gotten dressed before leaving upstairs to his study room. He hadn't been there since he revealed his dark self to Catherine years ago. Sure enough, every painting remained hung where he last put them. One of himself when alive, which he showed Catherine, then of himself after his death, then one of Veronica, and lastly, of the both of them. He paid little attention to them as he marched towards the one of Philippe that Catherine had painted for him. I knew his eyes appeared strange. My memory had failed me up until now. Philippe's eyes were the same blue color that Catherine's were. Everything is all connected. Memories of Philippe merged with those he shared of Catherine, clouding his mind as he reached into a dusty shelf and pulled out a dilapidated address book. He flipped to Philippe's page. The address was that of the old cobblestone house Catherine once inhabited. His name read, Philippe Diana. Next to his name was that of his wife, then his daughter. Falling to his knees, 
A splitting migraine overcame him as Philippe's face morphed into Catherine's and vice versa. How did I not see this before? How long has my mind been rotting for? Am I too far gone? Groaning, tears of blood emerged in his eyes as devilish chants surrounded him. Looking around, he saw a corpse laying across the room. The chant stopped. Struggling to balance himself, he trudged towards the limp silhouette as its form kept changing from man to woman. Only inches away, he struggled within himself to identify this shadowy corpse. Philippe? Afraid, he reached out, grabbed its shoulder, and turned the corpse only to find his deceased friend. His bulging blue eye stared off into the void as he began choking on his blood. Mortified, Dracul scooped him up into his arms and began to cry when Philippe began changing. His curly, Short brown hair elongated and lightened to a flaxen color as his stature became more feminine. It was Catherine. Her blue eyes now grew cold as she gurgled, blood escaping her hanging mouth. His teeth marks remained buried deep into her neck. Frightened, Dracul gasped as he felt a transformation within him. His eyes grew red, and his pupils shrank as he gasped for air, but could take in none. Tightening his grip, he remained frozen, staring at her until she began to change. Her hair thickened and darkened, her face elongated, and her frame became long and thin. Veronica now lay in his arms smiling and laughing at him. The chanting came back. Her laughter deafened him. No. You can't. You're not here anymore, he exclaimed. Her laughter only deepened in response, blood spewing out of every inch of her face, melting into his hands as he grew enraged. Yelling, he cursed her name and dropped her laughing corpse. He began stomping the floor in a frantic phase, trying to silence the chants when he felt himself groaning. His teeth elongated, his lips peeled backwards as his limbs grew long and lanky. Purple fire formed into a star around him as men in cloaks surrounded him once more, holding vials and cups of blood. Not again. I can't have this happen once more. I never asked for this. Defensively, he swung his arms and released a guttural noise, but alas, they kept their steady pace towards him. Veronica still remained on the floor, laughing at him, at his demise. The earth shook as he screamed. Frightened, Catherine awoke to glasses falling and breaking onto the floor. She could hear screaming coming from somewhere inside the castle, chilling her to her core. Hurriedly, she threw on a nightgown and fled upstairs to find the door to the study room was open as a warm purple light emerged. Another monstrous scream released into the night. They're cool. With haste, she ran to the entrance to find an evil form of Dracul she had only seen once before. 
He was swinging his arms around himself, yelling for someone to leave, but there was no one there. Glued to the floor, she could only watch in horror as he ran towards the glassless window. But before he could throw himself out, she screamed, causing him to reach a screeching halt. His beady red eyes pierced through her, unable to recognize her at first. Slowly, his eyes softened into his unnatural, natural state as he approached her. Shrinking, the purple fire disappeared along with his eerily long teeth. He gulped, shakily reaching out to her. Touching her, he twirled her around slowly, inspecting every inch of her body until he reached her eyes once more. You're alive. Yes. Alleviated, he slumped into her, embracing her fully as he apologized to her over and over, never elaborating on why he was sorry. Finding the strength within her, she moved her frightened body, leading Dracul to his bedroom. She was utterly bewildered by ever-flowing bloody tears, but kept her questions to herself. Once he felt his bed beneath him, he slipped into a coma-like state, sweating profusely. What on earth happened to him? Terrified, she sat with him, grasping her aching stomach, never turning her attention away from him. However, before she knew it, she had woken up on his bed alone as the sun filled the room. Thank you for listening to episode 32 of Dracul. Catherine has finally revealed her past. Little did she know, it would send Dracul into a traumatic state of events. How did he not know she was related to Philippe? How did she not know she was related to Philippe? But more importantly, how did we not know she was related to Philippe? She and Dracul have been connected for... <laughs> for the entire duration of her life. What is going on? Stay tuned for future episodes by subscribing to this podcast on the platform you're listening to it on. All narration, writing, and music composed by Priscilla Ibarra. Certain sound effects are from the website Zapsplat. A huge thank you and shout out to my friend and former colleague, Edwin DePaz, for performing Dark Romance specifically for this podcast. I hope you're having a wonderful glass of chocolate milk. If not, then get one. Now, hurry, before the clock strikes three, you're running out of time. <laughs>